Hello, everyone. How are you all doing today? Are you ready to have a good time? Yes. I believe that it's going to be a great time. Sorry, I'm just going to get in the light here a little bit more. Give me a thumbs up if we're good in the back. Fantastic. All right. Thank you. Um, all right. So we're going to dive in. It's going to be grand. Wow. So many beautiful faces. Thank you um, for having me here. Thank you, Pastor Terry, for that wonderful introduction. You're a gem. Um, okay. So we are wrapping up our Love More Like Jesus series. Man, over this whole year, we've been looking at what it looks like to live a life more like Jesus. And in this season, we're looking at what it looks like to love more like Jesus. And one of the things that um, has been consistent in our culture is a call for justice. And so today, we're going to look at how justice even relates to loving more like Jesus. Because here's what I believe, or here's what I know, actually, that our God is perfectly just and perfectly loving. He is a righteous God, a holy God, one who, know, who doesn't know sin. He, he's never made a mistake. He's never messed up. He's both perfectly just and perfectly loving. I want to share with you a quote this morning uh, from Peter Scazzario. It says this, war, racism, poverty, the denial of human rights, these are only a few of the bitter fruits of injustice which fill our world. So I want to start by asking you a question this morning. What is your burden? What breaks your heart? What injustices do you see in our world today that break your heart? And how do you respond? As Pastor Terry mentioned, I, I have the privilege of working with the youth at Life Center. And um, I want to share with you my burden because it directly relates to what I do. And here is my burden. On the daily, I see an injustice. And it's not one that most people would categorize as injustice, but the injustice that I see is that there's far too many people outside of church that have no relationship with him. Specifically, young people, even within the church, walk away after high school. And here is the injustice that they will never realize this, but the enemy has robbed them of the life that God has intended them to live. The only life that is actually worth living, the only life that can actually provide a sense of joy, fulfillment, life to the fullest. What is your burden? Because you see, the world that we live in is different than the way it was designed to work. God designed the world in a very specific way to operate under his lordship and his leadership. And when sin entered the world, that was broken. And now there's a gap. There's a gap between what things are supposed to be like and how things are. And it's within this gap that we live. Our world knows this is a reality, hence the call for justice. We all want justice. The struggle is, without Jesus, we don't know how to find it. In fact, justice can only and completely be realized through knowing, loving, and submitting to the leadership of the only one who is both perfectly just and perfectly loving. There's a desire in all our hearts for justice. We cannot always agree on what is just 
and unjust. We cannot always agree about how to go about bringing justice. And so where is the solution found? Ultimately, we know that's in Jesus. And our role in this begins as we discover how to play a part in Jesus' restoration of this world. As his children, we're called to be image bearers. We're called to reflect the heart of God and thus seek justice. And so today, I want us to look at the story of Moses. If you want to open your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3. But we're going to look at the story of Moses. And just to give you a, a quick context as to Moses' story, okay, that where, where Moses' story starts. You see, Moses was the son of Hebrew slaves, descendants from Levi. In the midst of a genocide, he is saved. Pharaoh's daughter finds him and picks him up out of the Nile, thus his name, Moses. Miriam, his sister, watches from a distance, and then she approaches Pharaoh's daughter and finds uh, and offers to find a Hebrew nursemaid. Not known to Pharaoh's daughter, she chooses Joshebet, Moses' mother. And so, at the beginning of his life, Moses finds himself in a pretty tricky situation. He is saved, but he is not a part of his people. And so, if you have ever met anybody who's experienced injustice, I feel like Moses would have a pretty good understanding. You see, Moses would have known what it was like to see the ones he loved abused and mistreated. He would have known what it was like to see people's lives who looked like him um, have no value and their lives be treated like nothing. Moses would have known what it was like to be physically safe but emotionally separated. He would have seen the pain that a person's words and actions can inflict on another. Moses would have known what it was like to experience the love and care of those discarded and taken advantage of. He would have seen firsthand injustices. And at some point, he wasn't willing to see it any longer. We pick up the story in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Um, Moses is now 40 years old, around 40 years old. And um, verse 11 says this. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Continuing on. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to, uh, he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? He answered, who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When Moses heard of it, he sought to kill, or when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Moses had known what injustice looked like, and it's in this moment that it all comes out. One day, he looked out, and he decided enough was enough. And then he took action, seeking to bring about change. 
However, what he didn't realize is that between a burden revealed by God is a gap. There's a gap between when God reveals a burden to us and when he allows us to step into it. Moses sees the burden and dives in at first. For us, what, what burden has God allowed you to see? What burden has God actually placed right in front of you? Sometimes a burden looks like a big uh, societal issue. Sometimes a burden simply looks like a person that you deeply love, that you know is wrestling. What burden, what passion has God placed inside of you? But once again, there's a gap between a burden revealed and when God allows us to step into it. What happens between that gap is refinement. You see, Moses dove in right away. And although his heart may have been in somewhat of the right place of seeking to bring about justice, because God hadn't yet refined his heart and refined his burden, he took action, but it brought about little to no change. And so it's in this divine gap that God will do a few things. He did it in Moses' life, and I believe that he wants to do it in your life and in mine. Here are the two things that I believe that God wants to do. God wants to reveal to you who he is and what he cares about. And secondly, he wants to reveal to you who you are and what he desires you to do. So going back to the story of Moses, um, now Moses is in Midian and he has started a new life. He has a family now. He's, he's actually watching over a flock and it's in this space that God brings an interruption to bring him back to his original burden. And um, there's, a, there's a flaming bush on fire, but not burning. And it's in this space that God reveals himself to him. He reveals himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He reveals himself as the great I am. Get this, God is revealing himself as a faithful God and a powerful God. A God who is faithful through multiple generations and a God who is powerful to do more than we could ever ask or think. And he is the same God that is present today. That is who God is. And then secondly, God goes on to reveal what he cares about. We pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And it says this, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, uh, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. So you see, God is saying, hey, I'm faithful and I am powerful. 
And not only am I these things, but I also care. And so what I want to say to you today, maybe you're walking through something. Maybe you're wrestling with a few things in your heart. Maybe your family situation isn't the best. Whatever it may be, I'm here to tell you today that God sees you. He sees your suffering. He sees your affliction. He sees exactly where you're at. And he's getting ready to do something. You see, God's plan for your life is not that you stay in the same spot, but his plan for your life is actually freedom, deliverance, joy, peace, life. And so where you're at right now is not where God will leave you. God always moves us from somewhere to somewhere. As we're going to discover in just a few moments, God is going to move the people of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. If we think about it in in the form of justice, God always wants to bring us from somewhere to somewhere else. That's the type of justice that God operates in. Now, if we contrast that with human justice, sometimes it becomes... We have to go from here, but we can never actually produce the perfect two. Without Jesus at the center, there is no way to produce the perfect two. If you look at our world, there's a lot of things we want to move from. But how many actual beautiful results, perfect results, are produced by our striving. And so Jesus always wants to move us from somewhere to somewhere. So at this point, God has revealed to Moses um, who he is and what he cares about. And now he's going to reveal to him who Moses is and what he's to do. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. Simple and straightforward. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Here's what I find beautiful about this statement. God tells him that he's going to do something, but he doesn't necessarily tell him how. You see, sometimes we can desire a plan from God, but what he gives us is a promise. Sometimes we can desire a plan from God, but sometimes all he gives us is a promise. And so Moses now sees God's plan. God now sees what it is that God is calling him to. And it's in this space that an all too familiar spirit presents itself. And it's this, a sense of insecurity. Read Exodus 3, verse 11 and 12. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? All right. So, so, so Moses has this burden. God has now revealed to him how that he is going to bring about freedom in this area. 
And yet Moses is like, who, who am I? And then God says, but I will be with you. Here's what's interesting, is that Moses and God are looking at two, uh, are looking at the same situation, but they're viewing it from two different lenses. Moses is viewing what's going to take place, and he's saying, this might not work out so well. And the reason why is because he was viewing it as to what he could contribute to the equation. He was viewing it through the lenses of what he could do. And then God looks at him, viewing the situation completely different, because he was viewing it not through what Moses could do, but what God could do. And I would just encourage you today, remember the God that we serve. Do you know how good he is? Do you remember how faithful he's been? Man, it's incredible, the God that we serve. And in moments when we have a burden, and oftentimes the solution looks far greater than anything that we could ever do in our own strength, the reality is, is that we can still um, take hold of that promise, knowing that God is faithful. And so Moses says, yes, he goes, sets the people free. But his, his journey isn't complete. Because you see, leaving a place is the start, but the journey isn't concluded until you arrive at your destination. And so Moses took the people from Egypt, but he was never actually make it, able to make it to the place that God had originally intended. And so what happened? There was a missing piece. If we are going to see God use us in a way that we're able to uh, to be a part of a process that takes us from somewhere to somewhere else, we must be obedient to God in submission before him. Now, where Moses falls short, Jesus is true. If we pick up the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 26, he is just about to be taken. He, he's just about to be taken and enter um, trial and, and go through all of these things and ultimately be crucified. And it is in this space that he prays such a beautiful prayer found in Matthew 26, verse 39. It says this, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. Friends, I believe that that is the most powerful prayer that we could ever pray. If we are going to see the kingdom of God come to earth, if we're going to see people come to know Jesus, this has to be our prayer. Not my will, but your will, God. Not my will, but your will, God. So you see, it's not in our own strength that we can do anything. 
It's all through God. We see a contrast once again in this space between Jesus and Peter. In this same moment, Peter cuts off the ear of one of the servants. And then Jesus says this, no more of this. And he touched the ear and healed him. Friends, when we try and fix the world in our own strength, the only thing that is produced is more hurt. And so before God heals the injustice out there, he wants to feel, heal an injustice in our hearts. He wants to heal the anger, the frustration, the pain, the hurt, the bitterness, all of it. See, Jesus prayed the right prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus knows the cost, weight, and passion of a burden. And he also knows the cost of being obedient to God's plan. Jesus will become sin so we might be righteous. Jesus will be betrayed so that we might never be forsaken. Jesus will die so that we might be born again and might truly live. As I wrap up, I just want to share with you this quote. Whatever it is that anger and outrage are helping you accomplish, love will do a better job. That's by Bruxy Katie. So how can we love more like Jesus? How can we see justice, true justice, emerge in our world? We must allow God to show us the needs of our world. We must allow God, the Holy Spirit, to show us the needs in our world, the injustices. From that space, we must then um, submit to his will as we approach these injustices. Both in what he promises and in how we approach it. And then lastly, we need to allow God to heal our hearts so that we can bring healing to a hurting world. I leave you with these questions. What unjust situation might God be calling you to, to help change? Will you let God teach you to be a from to leader? What does Jesus need to heal in you for you to bring healing to others? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come together. We thank you that you are here in our midst. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts right now. That even as we leave this place, that you would continue to show us the injustices in our world that you want to bring healing to. May we be obedient and may we submit willingly to you. Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you be our strength? We give you this day. We give you our lives. We give you our heart.
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>